We have the ability. Um, okay, you can go ahead and clack that, Allison. That's going to mess you up. You should probably start that and do that no, again. No, no, no. Now you have to do it, Brian. Okay. Don't make a Wookiee sound. You literally, yeah, okay. I know my mistakes. Especially when I do them on purpose. Yeah. Welcome to the follow-up podcast. My name is Hayden. I am the worship director here at Arbor Church. And today I am joined by Allison Oconee, our community care pastor, and Brian Cobley, our students director. Do you still do that? Has she been I doing that? I do. You're going to have to go back in the archive. Oh. I do. Actually, last week I had something else. but I feel like I haven't been on this thing in a while. Our student director and speaker from Sunday, Brian Cobley. It's been a while. Um, what? It's been a while. It's been a while. Um, so on Sunday, we jumped back into our series All In, which is a study of Romans 8. We took a brief break last Sunday where Cliff uh, shared a message with us about impossible possibilities to celebrate our fifth birthday. So, um, Brian... Yeah, you had the honor of bringing us back into the world of Romans eight. Yes. Um, also, you got two extra weeks or an extra week. You had an extra week. An to extra prepare. week. Technically, two extra weeks. I didn't yeah. know. Yeah. I didn't know dates got moved, mm-hmm. and so I thought I was actually giving the message January thirtieth. Yeah. They're like, no, you're doing February sixth. I'm like, okay. Mm-hmm. Like, no, you're now doing. Yeah, February thirteenth. Like awesome. So you should be very, very prepared. I was not. Yeah. So two <laughs> extra weeks. Were you happy with the message that you gave based off of the time that you had to yes. craft it? I was very happy with the time that I had and the four verses that I had. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I feel like you spent one day alone wrestling through one idea that. Allison and I got to be a part of. Right. So was he alone? I, yeah. I, it, it felt like a group project. It, mm-hmm. it, <laughs> yeah. The timer's not going, by the way. Oh, that's fine. I'll keep track of it. Okay. Um, thank you for pointing that out, though. Um, <laughs> so it was a group project. It was, it was a, a group, group project. project. Yeah. I've never known so much about Greek in all my life. So. Yeah. <laughs> I told Hayden when. When we were, when I brought Hayden into the conversation, I'm like, see, do you see why Greek is so much fun? And he was like, I, I wouldn't call this fun. <laughs> I was mm-hmm. like, oh, okay. I was, you know, Hayden, there's an inside joke between Hayden and our friends of, uh, he's like the only person in our friend group that didn't take Greek. Mm-hmm. And so anytime we brought up a Greek word, we'd all just like laugh at him. Mm-hmm. So I was trying to get him, you know. Yeah. Cool. Tutoring him. Yeah. <laughs> lucky, lucky Hayden. Yeah. <laughs> What was interesting in Bible college, all of the Greek students seemed to hate life every single day <laughs> working on their Greek homework. So it was okay with me, like them pointing and laughing at me and saying, oh, you didn't take Greek. But I never found myself struggling to complete a Greek assignment like they did almost every day of of our schooling. So <laughs> if I'm the loser for that, then I guess I'll, I'll wear that with a, a badge of honor. So, Brian. Yes, sir. Let's talk about your verses. Okay. 23 through 27. Yes, but I had to go back to 22 a little bit because 23 was in the middle of a thought. So 
for people who took um, a break in the listening, it goes from Scott's message to your message, correct? And you guys kind of have a little bit of a bridge verse in there. Yeah, which was kind of nice because when I went back and listened to Scott's message, he didn't cover 22 all that much. So it was kind of cool to go back. And cover 22? Yeah. Nobody, nobody, though, talked about the childbirth pains. I did. Brian did. Did you? I did. You talked about childbirth? I did. Mm -hmm. I talked about how I um, almost died in the womb. Mm -hmm. No, but I talked about how Paul brings us up because there's a lot of pain. Um, but with pain, the pain is worth it because there's about to be new life. Gotcha. Yeah. Okay. So it was like a two. I'd like to hear a woman preach on that sentence <laughs> someday. A woman who had childbirth? Are you, yeah. all, are, are you saying, are Just you discounting the women the who didn't? Say the if you're saying man can't because they haven't, maybe you also need to talk about women who haven't. That's a good point. Right? Let's put that on the board for Brian. Uh, all right. Brian gets a point. Yeah. Brian gets a point <laughs> on that one. Um, so we go from Scott's message that was all about suffering, right? Yes. And you guys have that bridge, verse 22. Where What's the connection between um, your message, which has to do with us not being alone, and then Scott's message about suffering? So, which is actually verse 22. It talks about the new life. Um, mm-hmm. So, like... The groanings together, the pains of childbirth until now, where there's going to be joy. So my verse then talks about it's not only creation that groans. Yeah. We groan for the redemption of our body. So our verses actually connect in the sense that we are living in hope for the second coming, hope for the new earth, hope for Jesus's return. It was just hard because Scott already did it with his yeah. section. So then I had four verses where I'm like, if you take the literal context, the, mm-hmm. liter- the literary context, then mm-hmm. you're like, okay, I could almost give the exact same message that Scott did, but when you kind of just zoom into my four verses, it um, yeah. is more, in my f- four verses, more spirit helping yeah. us than it is about that much about the yeah. glory we're going to enter into. But ours is technically the same mm. thought. So at what point in your sermon... Uh, writing process did you come across the um the holy spirit helps us through groans um was that kind of at the end of your your writing and research where you were just fixated on that or was that right in the middle of trying to figure out where you were going to go with it so to be honest with you i knew when we made this series i knew that was going to be my verse the helps us in our weakness intercedes with us groaning for words and so because uh, Cliff knows that I talk about that verse all the time. She was like, you have to, you need to preach it. Yeah. And so I knew I had it for a while. Um, I just never, like, took the future time until I was really working on the sermon yeah. to look at the verses leading up to that verse. So I already knew where I was going with that. But then the le- verses leading up to it was the, okay, now, how did this all go together Yeah, for one message? Yeah. And we're kind of in an interesting challenge with this series where, um, we are going exegetical with it, so we're letting the verses speak for themselves, but there is still a desire to see some connective theme or common thread running through the messages. So it is that delicate balance of you can always resort to, should we let the scripture speak for itself? Or, oh, this actually kind of works well with where Scott went, and this is going to go well with where Cliff's going next week. So Yeah, so if like with, with Scott and I, it's, there is hope there is glory yep. there is the redemption of our bodies and that's going to happen 
mine was, but while we're waiting, we have help in the yeah. pain and suffering that Scott talked about. And mm. you are not alone. And you are not alone. Which was seeming to be your sub theme or your. Mm-hmm. Pretty much the whole crux of it. Because yeah. when I read it, that's kind of what I was getting from it all is mm-hmm. we're not doing this on our own. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Wouldn't and that's it, yeah. where the encouragement comes from. Mm-hmm. For the audio listeners, Brian and, and Allison were just <laughs> nose deep in their Bibles. <laughs> if that's why the, the dialogue of the podcast did not sound super interesting. Is that a new Bible? Like what? what, what this is hard... one of the student Bibles I ripped out of your student storage. Oh, oh. I'm just borrowing. It's the Holman Christian Standard. HCSB. So, yeah, which is super fun. Mm-hmm. But um, yes, I took my glasses off, so you know I see nothing now. Yeah. So I am, I'm not looking at it. I might as well just shut that, that thing. That I can, can't see a thing. They are in front of you, just to let you know. Oh, good. Well, I can see them. Yeah. <laughs> I got them. Um, so we've done a few of these um, exegetical series, right? We've done um, Letters to a Young Church. We've done Romans. Am I forgetting another one that we went through? Letters to a Young Church. What did I say? Letters to a Young Church. There was like two parts. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> Dude, you got me on that one. Um, so Allison and Brian, you guys have both preached in those um, series that we mentioned. Um, can you maybe just describe to the listener, someone who hasn't preached um, or shared a message on stage or devotion, the challenge of going from a topical series to an exegetical series, right? Because there is challenges. There are some things that are easier about exegetical, and the same can be said about topical. But um, something that I think was very evident this week with um, Brian's research and writing of it is we got to see quite a bit of wrestling and deep research where I'm not at all trying to say that doesn't happen in a topical series, but you definitely see it quite a bit in an exegetical series like Romans. So... Brian, maybe you want to take a stab at that. Yeah. What is what is the challenge of an exegetical? Well, series one, like this, this is definitely more topical than it is exegetical. I will say that because but you were striving for exegetical. Yeah. Well, I'm saying this series because we jumped oh, into oh, just chapter. Yeah. Oh, just yeah. chapter eight. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so it is more topical than what an mm-hmm. actual ex- exegetical would be because at this point in chapter eight, we'd have so much context yeah. leading up to this. The and then what's challenging is we have so many speakers who take this and have a different style of approach. Yep. So I think Allison was very like upfront saying, this is going to be topical. Like yeah. here's my yeah. verses, but this is going to be topical, which it was. I was going to say, if you want to explain what the hope is for exegetical, mm-hmm. I'll yes. tell you my rebellion in it. Yeah. <laughs> so, or my fall from so the So it's really funny. There's... This is an expository sermon, but to do expository, you have to do exegetical work, which Mm -hmm. you always do exegetical work if you're doing a sermon. So the expository means Mm -hmm. you let the scriptures give you the point Mm -hmm. in a sense. So like you teach the scriptures and now you say, okay, what is the point of this section? Well, topical is here's my point. Let me find scripture to prove this point. Mm -hmm. So expository that we're doing is here's our verses Here's a point out of this. The exegetical work now comes during the the mm-hmm. week research of me, who is about to speak, yeah. is doing all the research. And if you verse couldn't verse, hear word for it, word. Brian definitely had a little bit of bias in his explanation, but we know where well, you Well, but isn't there a middle ground, too? Like, the way that you describe topical isn't 
always necessarily the way that we teach, even what you would call topical, mm-hmm. right? So, like, we are given a passage mm-hmm. to teach. It's not like we're like, oh, let's talk about um, <laughs> gambling or yeah. whatever it is, and then, like, mm-hmm. let's okay. pull all of the resources out of yeah. Scripture that point to what yeah. Jesus has to say about gambling. Mm-hmm. Like, that's not how we're doing it. We're, are you talking about Romans 8 or how, what we do at Arbor? So what we do at Arbor. Yeah. So okay. there's um, expository. Yeah. Mm-hmm. There's topical. If that's a spectrum, what's mm-hmm. the one called in the middle? A word that was made up expositorily. Yeah. Mm. <laughs> was was n- that what they called yeah. it? Yeah. It was not a real word. That expository. Was their, I don't think that was I their forget. word. Yeah, it, it turned expository into an adverb, and it's not a. It's not a word. Mm. The word that I'm we, gonna have to let's put a pin in that. Yeah. I think there was a better word that they came up with, but mm-hmm. it was basically like you're given a passage, you're going mm-hmm. through Romans, and you you pull the themes out from that. Yeah, which that would be expo- that? that would be expository. Well, the we. Arbor usually are topical, which mm. is, which is, Ooh, I he, love this. It's heating up, which is, here's our theme. This is what we're talking about. So what was the one before Romans eight? Uh, before Romans eight was Summer with Jesus. We've had Christmas stories. That's a good example of, yeah, it was Christmas stories, which is topical. We're now mm-hmm. teaching Christmas yeah. stories. The yeah. one before mm-hmm. Christmas stories was what? 40 days of prayer. 40 days of topical. Prayer. Yeah. The one before that. Because we don't just say, hey, can you teach Hebrews 10? Mm-hmm. We don't do that. That's mm-hmm. expository. That's mm-hmm. where we get, you say we, we're given a passage. Mm-hmm. We're really not. We're given a topic, and we think this passage mm-hmm. supports this really well. It's just our mm-hmm. the approach, the, the word comes into our approach. Mm-hmm. Is I think if, what I push against, though, is, I mean, and I know some speakers have done this, <laughs> so maybe I should probably not. Say, but it just feels like there are some who lean on the smorgasbord fruit salad yeah. of scripture versus to support ideas. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So what and we, that isn't always necessarily how we roll. What we no. said in the past at Arbor, and I think we did a good job of this, is we are topical with yep. an expository approach. Yeah. Okay. So which that is is which in the end, just if you look at the true yeah. definitions, that means we're topical, but. The feel of the sermon is, here's our topic, Mm -hmm. letters to a young church, Mm -hmm. even though that was a little bit more expository, but give me 40 days of prayer. I didn't teach anyone in that. Summer with Jesus. (laughs) Okay, Summer with Jesus. (laughs) Summer with Jesus. Topic. Jesus. Yep. But now, hey, in the Summer with Jesus, I'm going to teach about the woman at the well. So that's where our sermon series is topical, Summer with Jesus, but... In our approach for the message, we usually stick to a section of the scripture. So, yes. Overall, if you had to, if if you looked at the argument black and white, we are topical. But the expositorily word that was created was we're topical with an expository mm-hmm. approach. <laughs> All right. I was waiting for the retort or a response. I I asked the question because yeah. um, we've done a lot of topical. We've we've in this last 
year and a half, we've done a decent amount of uh, ex- expository sermons. Um, but it's a different it's a different battle when you're doing expository versus topical, right? Because expository, you're sitting there reading through the verses. Deep, uh, deep diving into research, trying to figure out what is the main point that I'm being told, right? And part of the reason why I think topical is great um, is because you can choose to focus on what is most relevant to your people, your congregation, whatever. Sometimes when you go through starting in Romans 1 and going all the way through the book, there's a lot of stuff that just isn't as relevant to our people that it's like, yeah, this isn't a wasted week, but you know, if you want to miss a week, here's the week to miss. Yeah. So... I think that there's I think that they both have their their pros and cons. I think just expository you get to see a little bit more man I got to get into the weeds on this. And that's what you did. Yes. For the majority of the past 2 weeks was in the weeds. Um so yeah, and there's there's easy and difficult aspects for both of them. Yeah. And so like difficult the easy part of what I did was I did research and I told you the research. The hard part is the work giving up to the researchers, but there are people who do what I did, do the research, find the main point and now preach majority main point that yeah. they do scripture. They read the scripture and teach important aspects, yeah. but then teach the, like the more of the, that idea longer than they do yeah. the verses. So what yeah. I chose was I just want to spend more time in the verses and then last five to 10 minutes with that topic yeah. or point yep. from it. So, in your research, your deep dive, um, besides the Holy Spirit helps us through groans, um, was there any other chunks of the scripture where you were like, man, I just feel more lost than when I first started? Yeah. And I actually prepared Allison uh, last week for this question. Oh, I, hope I remember it. It was the first verse says, for and. Not only the creation, but we ourselves who have the first fruits of the spirit grown inwardly, mm-hmm. which clearly states we as believers mm-hmm. who we who have believed grown inwardly. Yeah. And so the question I had was, so like the Holy Spirit helps us, right? Yeah. Is the whole point, like helps with our weakness. But the Holy Spirit is the reason we're groaning because mm-hmm. we've been giving the Holy Spirit. So to me, I was like, that's really confusing yeah. that we've been given the Holy Spirit, but the Holy Spirit is the reason, yeah. according to this, it's the first fruit. Those of us with the first fruit groan. Like, so he, he gives us like yeah. the, the reason that we're groaning, but it's also, mm-hmm. but like, let me, let me help you. So yeah. the idea was like there. And then the ne- next question was, so do non-believers not have that either? Mm. Like do the non-believers not have that groaning that we're not there yet? Even though I, I, I know they have pain and suffering. Hmm. That's interesting. I'm thinking, so remember when you were uh, saying first fruits were like Costco samples yeah. and it gives you a foretaste of what is to come or like if you could yeah. afford it, <laughs> you know, that. so if you're there and you're hungry and you taste the sample, you're like, oh my gosh, your stomach starts rumbling mm-hmm. and it's like it's ready to eat and you're like, I'm so hungry. I, I need more of that. So, ver- so in that way, as believers with the Spirit, we've tasted, foretasted what is to come. And so we just crave it all the more versus somebody maybe who hasn't tasted it. Mm-hmm. I mean, do you think that that's why? It, I mean, are they groaning? 
Mm. Or are they groaning differently? Like they're like, I want to get out of this misery, but I don't have any hope for what would be Mm. ahead. Meanwhile, we're like, actually, I have tasted peace. I have tasted joy. I have Mm -hmm. tasted, um, you know, love. I want more of that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and Hayden and I brought this up when we did the Heaven series. The when you live, uh, the whole point was if you live with heaven in mind, it changes what you do today. Mm-hmm. And the thought that we said was, there's a certain age when you don't live with heaven in mind because you kind of still have that sense of like I'm invincible. But then totally. yeah, but then there's a point in your life where there's a switch where you're like, wow, okay, I'm actually. It is my only hope. Clo- yeah, <laughs> yeah, like closer. So then I'm wondering, like, am I? Or like people around my age groaning inwardly because mm. they realized they, they, they had the taste. So for my position, I'm like, is there like, if I didn't have the Holy Spirit, like if I was next to somebody who didn't have the Holy Spirit, mm. would we feel like we both had, like I feel like I have something different than that person mm. at this stage of my life? Or is that like a later stage? You know what I'm asking? Hey, yeah. I know this is a very... This is very abstract. Very esoteric. Yeah. yeah. So, like, that's the. So, does a young person groan as much as an old person? Probably not. They feel invincible. They feel like they'll live forever yeah. and nothing hurts. Everything works. And, and <laughs> so, then, it's like, why not? You know, think, yeah. just keep going as is. And I think that old person has that sense of, like, mm-hmm. I did get this first fruit. But then mm-hmm. younger people who just believe in Jesus, do they get that taste of that first fruit mm-hmm. with that? I have heard, isn't it C.S. Lewis who says that we're homesick for heaven? Like, mm-hmm. that we. Um, if we come to the point where we find um, we can't be satisfied here, yeah. it means that we're homesick for something yeah. else. So mm-hmm. I think no matter what age you are, you do experience that, like a longing or a um, desire to be at home with the yeah. Lord, basically. Mm-hmm. Even though you may not have words around that, mm-hmm. that is kind of like, eternity in yeah. our hearts drawing us to him yeah and it's so weird because you when we had this conversation earlier you're yeah. like man it's so hard to think before i was like a, a believer right and for me i can't remember a time when i didn't believe i can remember a time when i wasn't really following mm-hmm. but so i don't know if there was ever a time i didn't actually believe in jesus so mm-hmm. even me trying to go back like where i was at that time I'm like i don't even think i have mm-hmm. that to like go against where was i before i had the first right. fruit to yeah, I wasn't. So I, I just, as long as I can remember, I've had the spirit mm-hmm. in me. I think even young people, though, in the last two years have probably felt that, ah, crap. <laughs> like mm. This world is so broken. Yeah, like yeah. everybody <laughs> universally probably feels that way. I, I don't know if they all feel like they have hope to cling yeah. to for the future. If you don't believe in eternal life and mm-hmm. you feel like this is all we've got, maybe you don't groan for the next mm-hmm. thing because you're like, then it's over. Yeah, mm-hmm. I, like, I do believe in the last few years, I've said probably more times, said Jesus has to return soon more yes. times in the last few years <laughs> no. than I've had my whole life. This is for sure it. Yeah. <laughs> he has to be coming at this point. I know, that's what <laughs> I think too. Uh, there's an uh, old country song, I think old saying that um, everybody wants to go to heaven, but nobody wants to go right now. Mm-hmm. And I think the last couple years, I'm like, no, like, I mean, I... I yeah. don't want to go prematurely, but like you can, yeah. you can come now. Like, right. Mm-hmm. Well, and so s- interestingly that it's like globally that mm-hmm. we're all experiencing this because I think when we sometimes read uh, prophetic end times liter, you know, mm-hmm. passages, we think 
how could the whole world be experiencing something at the same time? Yeah. Where the whole entire world is informed about it. They're all on the same page together, basically. Yeah. And yeah. I'm like, well. The only thing that makes <laughs> me uh, believe the flat earth theory is when it says that when Jesus returns, like everybody will be able to see him from the east to the west. I'm like, but for a globe, how? That's because they got CNN on, right? <laughs> <laughs> they're like, they're like got a Twitter update. Yep. Like, wait, what the heck? I'm gonna be so mad if Jesus returns and I have to watch it on TV. No, you'll get Ooh, notified yeah. on your phone. You'll be like, what the? What's happening? <laughs> we'll all hear the horn, and it's like, oh, turn on your TV. <laughs> Sorry, I cut cable. <laughs> <laughs> I'm telling you, I don't know. Well, did we ever drill into what exactly the groaning is? That's mentioned. So, so no. Like, do we think it's audible groaning? Like, it will. It says there's the verse says there's inward groaning, and then there's uh, the groaning's too deep for words. Mm -hmm. So, I think um, talking with Allison, she had a really good uh, like life experience of somebody who, um, after a while, when life hits them so hard, you just people just start going. <sighs> Like yeah, all the time. Just this. I mean, that's a sigh, just but this I, deep I hear you. Sigh that yeah. you just accidentally do mm -hmm. during your day, and I kind of, when Allison shared that to me, I'm like, I kind of relate to that, and like, I think that's it. Where you've now just have so much internal groaning that's yeah. now just turned into this audible, this thing. audible, yeah. like just groan for that. Yeah, like you're not there, you're not there yet, mm -hmm. and so yeah, I think I think it's. I think it can be audible. Groans. And that in in this uh example you're referring to the first fruits, you're not referring to the Holy Spirit intercedes for us through groaning? Or is that both? Both. Okay. Well, so for sure we know creation groans, for sure we know we groan. It's just yeah. that last groaning that we don't know if that's us or the Holy Spirit. Doing. Yeah. Hmm. There's a um prophetic scripture of what heaven will be like. They call it Zion. And um, they talk about sorrow and sighing will flee away. Gladness will crown their heads. Mm -hmm. And I think about that in terms of like these groans or sighs or like mm -hmm. the, you know, yeah. however it feels or sounds to us now. Mm -hmm. That will flee away and gladness will crown our mm -hmm. heads. I just think how awesome that's going to be. It's a really so. beautiful picture, yeah. yeah. Um, the but, metaphor that I had when it came to groaning, and this is the metaphor, which I didn't teach it on stage because this would definitely be more on the side of we're doing the groaning, the Holy Spirit's interpreting. Yeah. That if that was the uh, the actual way, I thought of my son, Cade, where mm -hmm. um, before when he was a baby, we'd always say, and I think all parents say this, man, I just want you to talk so you can tell me what's wrong yeah. with you. Like just yeah. trying to figure out what's wrong. Yeah. He's now two and he can talk, but there's still moments where He'll just go, huh, huh. And we're like, what's wrong? And then I just look like, oh, there's a commercial on TV. He goes, yeah. yeah. I'm like, then tell us there's a commercial on TV. Yeah. And so we'll like skip the commercials if we can, yep. if it's recorded. Um, but then there's another groaning and we're like able to go, oh, he must have dropped his food. Yeah. Like we can, we can be able to interpret what he's mm -hmm. saying, even though he's not using his words that mm. I kind of feel like if that's the, if that is the meeting, I think that's what the Holy Spirit's doing for us. Mm -hmm. It's like we're have so much is going on that we just can't express it, but the Holy yeah. Spirit's able to go, okay, no commercials, TiVo. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so you're so you're saying that we're the ones groaning 
and the Holy Spirit is interpreting Are our you grunts. saying that's my belief? That's what you were just saying. That was the, yeah. If that was it, that's where I can oh, understand. Oh, okay. But that's not happened. where you land. No. You land with the Holy Spirit groans for us. I still us. think the Holy Spirit groans. Looking at the Greek, I yeah. just think it's, I think, Grabbing the pronoun ahead is just a little too much of a reach to bring it down. Yeah. I think so, but I can understand why scholars do it because it happens many times in Greek. I feel like this this question that we have will go on to the very large running list of things that we will ask God in heaven. <laughs> By the time we get there, we won't care. I don't think it matters. Yeah. <laughs> I think that's the I think that's the most frustrating part. Is yeah. I have all these questions where there. I'm like, I guess guess it didn't matter yeah i phoned a friend during brian's like you know existential crisis <laughs> i phoned a friend which was yeah. my son yeah and asked him and he said that it's a ministry of the holy spirit to our souls in those moments when we can't articulate the whatever it is we're working through it could be grief it could be physical pain it could be all, a wide variety of pain mm -hmm. Um, that it's the spirit's ministry in our life, ministering to our souls with those groans. Mm. So I like that because I like thinking it's reminding us maybe that we're not alone, um, which is ministry. Uh, it's comfort. Mm -hmm. uh, it's putting to words maybe some things for us or yeah. like, you know, giving shape to it. They always mm. say that there's so much power in, communicating mm -hmm. like if you're a toddler and don't know words it's frustrating and you end up crying if you can't tell your parents what you're thinking and feeling yeah. or needing um and so giving language to something mm -hmm. even on this kind of guttural level yeah um comforts us mm -hmm. so in your son's definition of that is the holy spirit groaning for us mm -hmm. or okay yeah. yeah, which is funny because yeah. he said that he interpreted it the other way where yeah. we were doing the groaning and then he looked up a couple commentaries mm -hmm. and same thing, split 50-50 of yeah. uh, F.F. Bruce and Douglas Moo. Yeah, which was what we were using anyhow. Yeah. We were mm -hmm. using Douglas Moo. Well, I used, oh man, I have William Barkley, Leon Morris, Cruz, uh, Douglas Moo, and F.F. Bruce. Mm -hmm. Yeah, went through different ones uh, for different reasons. They all have their reason they wrote that one the mm -hmm. douglas moo though i was one i was curious if this is the one that your son was looking at douglas moo does the niv application one so mm -hmm. doesn't go as deep with the application because it's definitely more uh user friendly to help mm -hmm. people understand mm -hmm. what it means for them more than what it meant then mm -hmm. um but yeah douglas moo was the textbook that we use for our romans class mm -hmm. it's cool so I just relied on the Young Boys Adventure Bible, and I feel like I got a good idea. <laughs> Google, Wikipedia. Yeah, exactly. So, um, all right, let's questions. not spend too much time in the weeds. Um, <laughs> I spent four hours in it. I know. You dragged um, us there, too. <laughs> it was fun. So, Brian. Where did the dative go? All right, let's rein Where it. was the genitive? There was no genitive. Let's rein it in, pal. Um, yeah, your microphone got a little hot there. Sorry for the audio listeners. Um, it's so, Greek, man. what? It's Greek. It's Greek. Um, we chatted on the phone, uh, let's say Saturday, instead of the day we actually chatted on the phone. And I talked about your message, and I said I was a little surprised that 
your main point was uh, we are not alone. And then yeah. we had a conversation about um, kind of how this passage, you could kind of walk away with a couple different main points. Um, could you just tell me and the listeners, what, what was the, the main pull for you to land on we are not alone? It, uh, well, the main pull was just when that verse came to me mm-hmm. when I needed it the most, when I just had just medical issue after medical issue after medical issue mm-hmm. after medical issue. And the major one was actually the uh, the tuberculosis one because yeah. that one I was just frustrated. Mm-hmm. Like I was forced to be quarantined for a month my senior year of high school. And like I just out of nowhere. So what happened was, I for a while I was coughing up blood. I told my mom like, "Hey, I'm coughing up like, like, there's blood every time I cough," and yeah. she was like, "What do you mean blood?" I'm like, "Let me show you." And it wasn't like you know you watch um, Tombstone or just mm-hmm. when there's tuberculosis and you cough and then there's like speckles yep. of blood. These are more like clots. These were like like it was like in my mucus at the same time. Like it wasn't just blood. Mm-hmm. So there wasn't like something bleeding. There was just yeah. blood present. And so I think the lunch listeners have turned off the podcast <laughs> at this point. And so I kept telling my mom and then she was like, oh, I think you're fine. You might just have like a sinus infection or something like. And so this went on for like a year of mm. me coughing up blood. And because it would have <laughs> it would be little and then it'd be gone for a while, be worse, be gone for a while. And then finally, I started these huge coughs and the blood were like clots. And they were mm-hmm. black. Ugh. Yeah, it was. And then I also was like coughing up these like marbles with it too. It was really yeah. weird. There was like blood and these black. I'd love for you to get back to the main point. Yeah, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> and so my mom, we finally went to the hospital. And at this time, I was also training to be a CNA. So I got mm-hmm. mini tubercular like TB test to prove yeah. that I don't have TB. So I knew I didn't have TB. But yeah. they were like, no, you have tuberculosis. You now need to like be locked in your room i'm like no and my mom was matched like he doesn't have tuberculosis so we got super upset left the hospital they called the cops on us because wow. i was a walking weapon mm-hmm. is how they classified it that's so, how you often describe yourself <laughs> and so i had to go home i had to like they took us to my house yeah. and from there i had to stay in my room and keep testing I had to keep coughing in these cups and uh and keep turning it in to like the the county and every mm-hmm. every day they're like yeah you don't have it yeah you don't have it but we still don't know what it is so you got to stay home and so for the longest time i couldn't be with my friends mm-hmm. and i was just angry because i didn't understand why mm-hmm. like what was what was going on why can't like it's not tuberculosis so why can't i i go and mm-hmm. yeah i was there for a month i finally when i got back to school my teacher was like oh did you get back surgery mm-hmm. like, cuz they all knew i had this horrible sciatic pain and i was like no, <laughs> I was coughing up blood. They're like, "Oh, are you okay?" I'm like, "Yeah, I'm fine <laughs> now." Yeah, so I was just so angry, and so yeah. at that time that verse came, and I realized that all the prayers I was having, because at that time I had knee, I had torn ligament, yeah. I had tuberculosis, asterisk, mm-hmm. and I had sciatic nerve issue. So all at one time in my life, it was horrible awful yeah and then and feeling alone yeah and feeling alone because i was quarantined mm-hmm. in for the room so I, I i'll tell the students that i was doing quarantine before it was cool yeah uh, yeah um and just coughing up and coughing in cups every day man it was so frustrating and then i would go to different doctors and they're like 
you don't have tuberculosis. I'm like, thank you. Can you mm-hmm. write a note saying that? I'm like, oh, no, I can't. I'm like, thanks. Yeah. So it was awful. And I just got so angry and I just, I could not pray anymore. I honestly had no, no more words to pray because I felt like I used them all up. Mm. If I know this is on the spot, but if you had to come up with a different main point, just based off your research, what would it have been? Um, we are not alone. Okay. <laughs> well, yeah, that is different. I can't be mad. That sounds more it's like all in an the extra or dative of Greek. Extraterrestrial <laughs> sounding yeah. though. See, the point was you're not alone because I looked at the dative and I'm like, no, it says Holy Spirit groaning for you. That's yeah. dative. But if I would took the other one where we're groaning then the point would have been we're not alone well it's comforting (laughs) but like allison said it does sound like there's aliens coming (laughs) when you say we're not alone we are not alone guys (laughs) yeah that was our sub messaging to you let's cue the copyrighted x-files like i like i told you if i had more of the like zoomed out look Mm -hmm. it would have been on the closer with scott the hope i would have been focused more on the word hope then um because i had the word hope in this and i wanted to do hope but it was almost like i'm gonna really just say everything that yeah. scott well, just you, said you did i wrote one of your things that i really liked which was the there was a future present and past hope. yeah mm-hmm. i love that yeah, yeah when i when i saw that um because i there wasn't a commentary that like stuck on that and i i kind of had to like just look at that myself because nobody was stopping there. And I'm like, can you guys, can one of you stop there and help me look at this? Because it does say, um, mm-hmm. in hope, we're saved. And I love that. I was like, yeah. we are, like that all is in, which is currently, right now, mm-hmm. hope, which is future, we are saved, which was past. I love the, I love that, the what we would call as sanctification. Yeah. In one line. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I did love that that the presence of the hope. But I, I think hope was very much there. But it was also like Scott's whole sermon was on hope, and I didn't mm-hmm. I didn't want people to go, yeah, same thing. <laughs> well, Brian, thank you for getting into the weeds and researching and uh, letting the scripture speak for itself. There's one last thing I want to do, and that is say goodbye. So thank you for listening, and we will see you guys next week. And then he made me think, is that is that what President's Day is for? The dead presidents or like all presidents? Oh. I think it's for mainly you remember the dead presidents. Do they take their own day off? I think the dead ones do, yeah. <laughs> <laughs>